Guadalupe Radio presents Donancing Guadalupe, the podcast. Second chapter, Our Noble Lady of the Tepeyac. Juan Diego left the bishop's house feeling sad. The house was a large home where the bishop, translator, his assistants, friars, and servants lived. The bishop was of Basque origin from the town of Durango, and at the age of 60, he had met Carlos I, King of Spain, and King V of the Royal Roman Empire. Carlos was the son of Juana I, Queen of Castilla, nicknamed La Loca, the Madwoman, by her enemies. He was the grandson of Isabel the Catholic, and King Fernando of Aragon, and Carlos became king after his mother was jailed. King Carlos named Fray Juan de Sumarraga bishop on December 12, 1527, and presented him as protector of the Indians. However, it came without confirmation from Pope Clement VII, as the Pope had been captured by the armies of King Carlos and did not recognize the king's appointments for several years. They finally reconciled in 1530, and, after an initial resistance, the Franciscan accepted the appointment and left for Machico with the members of the first court, led by Nuno de Guzman and Diego de Gadillo, an unscrupulous judge who abused the indigenous people and was only interested in enriching himself without thinking of the injustices caused to the natives. The Aztec philosophy was very different from the Greeks and the Asians. On the one hand, the Aztecs did not believe that there was any conceptual link between leading the best life we can and experiencing pleasure or happiness. That is, for them, the important goal was to lead a life worth living. For the indigenous people, especially those with a Toltec mentality, a fundamental aspect of life was truth. In towns where writing did not exist and knowledge was transmitted only orally, the truth was fundamental. Knowledge was passed down from generation to generation. So progressively, in these cultures, those who occupy a preponderant place were the elders. They possessed the truth, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the traditions, and they watched over the culture of the people. The Toltec people saw how the plants had their roots, and the stronger the root, the stronger the tree. This is how their concept of truth was born, as something rooted, that is to say, that it is very well attached to the earth. Nelilitsi in Nahuatl means rooting, and Neli means truth. For the indigenous people, the truth was related to the old, the ancient, what had been brought by the ancestors. And what was new was seen as a sign of a lie. That is why St. Mary of Guadalupe presented herself as the mother of the true God for whom one lives, the one who has always been among us. That night, when the day was over, 
Juan Diego walked again for a long time, and he said to himself, I have failed, my dearest lady. No te coyue. Si guapili. They didn't believe me. They didn't believe the lady of the heavens. And it's my fault. Why did you choose me? I'm only a simple man. A man of the field. Who's going to believe me? I am Mecapal. I'm a stretcher. A padiuela. I'm really just a man from the country. I'm just a porter's rope. I'm a back frame. The truth is, I am no one. I am no one. I am a nobody. And he went straight to the top of the hill until he got to the highest point. And there, feeling sad, he saw the gentle queen of heaven awaiting for him, exactly where he had seen her for the first time early in the morning. She softly smiled. And when he saw her like this, he bowed before her. And with all humility, he threw himself to the ground and said to her, No te coyue. Tlacatle. Siwapile. Lady, my queen, the youngest one, my little princess, noble lady. I went to fulfill your mandate where you sent me as your messenger. Although I entered with difficulty to the palace where the governing priest resides. I finally saw him, and before him, I exposed your revered word, your breath, your sacred thoughts, just as you commanded me. He received me kindly, and he listened perfectly with close attention. But this is how he responded, as if his heart did not believe me, as if he didn't understand me, as if he didn't recognize you. He didn't believe me. He said, Again you will return. I will listen to you slowly so that I can understand from the beginning the reason for your visit. So I can see why you have truly come. So I can acknowledge what is your desire, what is your will. I could see by the way he responded that he really thinks that the divine house that you want to be built here is perhaps nothing more than an invention of mine. Or that perhaps... He thinks that the desire for this does not come from your revered lips. For this I beg you, my noble queen, that you ask one of your precious nobles, one of your many known, honored, and respected acquaintances, to carry your revered word, so that it may be believed. I'm a simple countryman. I'm just a tail. I'm just a wing. I'm a burden. I myself need to be led. I myself need to be carried. I am no one. Truly, it is not the place for me to walk or stop. That place where you are sending me to is a place where I am not used to going or spending any time in. I am a man of no importance. My little princess. My noble lady. Nochpotzine. Please. Please forgive me. I know that I will afflict your face with sorrow, your heart. I know I will fall into your anger and your displeasure. Forgive me. Please forgive me. My lady, my lady. And so, the perfect, admirable maiden, worthy of honor and veneration, responded, 
Listen, my child, the smallest of my precious children, dear son, listen to me, so you hear me clearly and your heart understands. Klashikaki no shokoyo, mahuel yuye moyolo. My messengers, my servants, whom I entrust to carry my breath, my word, and make my will be fulfilled, are not people of rank. But it is necessary that you personally go and advocate for this, that my wish, my will, become a reality, that through your intercession it be done. And I know that I ask a lot of you, my son, the youngest, the beloved. And rigorously, I command you that once again you go tomorrow. Go see the bishop and let him know. Let him hear you well, my Juanito. Make sure he understands what is my will, what is my desire. Make him hear my love. Make him know. Make him hear my wish so that he fulfills what I ask of you. My divine house, my temple that I ask of him. And carefully tell him again, one more time. Tell him, tell him clearly. Tell him how I, the always virgin Holy Mary, Nisemika Kichpochli, I, who am the mother of Teotla, God in me enunciating, you as a messenger I send. And Juan Diego replied respectfully, reverently, No te coyue. My lady, noble lady, queen, my little princess, do not anguish your heart with sorrow, for I will march happily to fulfill your word, your breath. In mihiyotzin, in morlatotzin. In no way will I stop doing what you desire, nor do I have a painful road ahead, for I will go to fulfill your wish with all my devotion. Only that, perhaps I will not be heard favorably. It may happen again, my beloved queen, that I am not believed. Tomorrow afternoon, once the sun sets, I will return to you with a word from the ruling priest and give you his response. In Teopishkatlatwani, I say goodbye to you for now, my noble queen, my princess, my lady, my child, my dearest, Mashimotsewetzino. And, after talking to her, Juan Diego went home to sleep. The next day, Sunday, well into the night, Everything was still dark when he left his home and walked straight to Talateloco. He wanted to learn the divine things, to know what is part of God, to understand that gentle and kind Christian God. It was already around 10 o'clock when he had finished. He had already heard Mass and had been counting on the list of attendants, and the crowd of people had already dispersed. But he, Juan Diego went to the palace of the ruling bishop, and when he arrived, he did everything possible to see him. You! Again? 
But what is it that you want now? Please forgive me, Sir Fry. I don't mean to pester you, but I need to speak to the governing bishop. Therefore, I solicit and request an audience, a hearing with him. Well, then come in and wait. I will inform him that you are here. And Juan Diego humbly waited. Is he the same man from yesterday? Yes, Your Excellency. Well, I'll finish this letter to the king after I see him. Let's see what he has to say. Father González, please stay, as I will need you to translate. Let him come in, Fray. And Juan Diego shyly entered the room. And well, son, what is the matter that again brings you here? Don't be afraid. You can speak calmly. He knelt at his feet and wept. And he became sad when speaking to him and asked him to be believed. Yesterday, when I returned home, I saw the Holy Mother of God in the same place where I saw her the first time. She was waiting for me, waiting for me to give her the answer. And when I told her what had happened, she ordered me to return to see you. She commanded me to tell you of her will, for you to build her a sacred little house, her divine temple, where she has chosen it to be. She told me. Very much I beg you, my youngest son. I strictly command you to go again tomorrow to see the bishop. Give him my name and let him know clearly what is my desire. Let him know my will in full, that he has to put into work the temple that I ask of him. And again, tell him that I, the ever-holy Virgin Mary, Mother of God, sends you. And the governor bishop asked him many things, tested him, and inquired all sorts of details in order to ascertain where he had seen her the first time, what was she like, where he went to see her, and what she looked like. And Juan Diego told the bishop everything, giving him absolutely all the details, speaking without fear. And you saw her clearly? This was not a dream of yours or something from your imagination? Huh. And the Virgin spoke to you in your native language? Yes. Yes, she did. Tell me again. What did she say exactly? And how did she appear to you? But, although Juan Diego told him everything, all he saw, how it had all manifested, how she spoke, how he had admired her perfection, giving him all sorts of details, how marvelous and gentle was the kind, wonderful maiden, mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yet, despite the fact that everything was absolutely detailed, his wish did not come true. And the bishop said, I believe you, my son. Yes, I believe you. But it's not sufficient. It's not enough. It's not enough with just your word. Your request would be made, executed if... What you ask would be done if only... If only... Well, listen clearly. Some sign is necessary to believe that the Queen of Heaven, the Celestial Noble Lady, is indeed who sent you. And I need to be absolutely sure that it is precisely her. 
Sir, you who govern, tell me, what is the sign you ask for? Because I will go and ask the Queen of Heaven who sent me. I'll be on my way to ask her for what you wish, as I am her messenger. What is the sign that the ruling lord wants? And when the bishop saw that everything was confirmed, that Juan Diego, from his first reaction, did not waver, did not hesitate at all, and seemed truthful, he dispatched him. Be careful, your grace. This man could be lying. Or maybe he has imagined it. Who knows what he is really thinking? And all of this is very strange and suspicious. As soon as Juan Diego had left, the bishop ordered some of his most faithful servants, whom he trusted and had absolute confidence in, to go after him. He asked them to carefully spy on him, to follow him without him noticing them, and then to return and to report what they had witnessed. Follow him. Take a good look at where he's going and who he looks at, with whom he talks. Keep an eye on him and come back later and tell me everything you have seen. Yes, most reverend Bishop Sumarraga. We promise we will not lose sight of him. We will follow him all night if it's necessary. No, 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 no. Don't be worried, Your Excellency. We will find out the whole truth. We will. And so, it was done. And on that 10th of December, Juan Diego walked quickly into the cold winter night. End of the second chapter. Donancing Guadalupe the Podcast is an original production by Guadalupe Radio. Theological advisor, Father Roberto Figueroa. With special performances by Sal Lopez, Ari Dario, Maritzel Carrero, Jesus Nebot, Efraim Figueroa, Andres Londono, and Denise Plasor. Soprano, Juliet Plasor. Graphic designer, Marta Naranjo. Recording by Gerardo Nevarez and Rafael Valdez. Editor, Ramon Velarde. Original music by Maestro Marcos Loya and Juliet Plasor. Script, production, and direction, Denise Plasor. Executive producer and director, René Heredia. Donancing Guadalupe, the podcast. All rights reserved.